This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Well, Buccaneer fans, a tough Sunday night matchup with the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs get their revenge, for whatever it's worth, for Super Bowl 55, I guess to some degree, with an impressive 41-31 victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, knocking the Bucs down to 2-2 two and two on the season. We are here to go over all of it on the latest edition of Nothing But Bucks, our recap podcast. You'll have highlights, you'll have post-game interviews. I'll give you some insight and analysis on what went on on Sunday night. At Ray J, as uh, unfortunately uh, for a 2-0 start, you're now staring at 2-2, thinking about what might have been. I will just say this, and this will kind of be a theme here. It'll be a theme as, as the week goes on. Green Bay and Kansas City are really good. There's no excuse. Uh, you, you had a chance to beat them both at home. This is not as if you lost to two awful teams. You lost to two elite teams including one last night that may end up being the AFC champion and back in the Super Bowl again. I mean, let us not forget, uh, with that guy at the controls, Mahomes, uh, they have been elite for the last three seasons. Super Bowl win two years ago, Super Bowl appearance, uh, what, three years ago, Super Bowl appearance two years ago. Last year got all the way to the AFC championship game at home before Cincinnati upset them in overtime. So they, they still have a lot of those same weapons, an outstanding coaching staff, and I don't believe there's a panic alarm that needs to be sounded here on a Monday. It's still tough for what went on. So anyway, we settle in for another edition of the Recap Podcast that is here after each and every Buccaneer game, typically on Mondays. After the Sunday games, obviously, we'll be here about Monday midday. Now, that will also vary up. There's an upcoming here in October a Thursday night game with the Baltimore Ravens podcast, recap podcast, nothing but bucks will be there on Friday after that game. Same thing later in the year with the Monday night game. Uh, with the New Orleans Saints. It's the day after the game. We come your way in the recap mode through the Buccaneers mobile app, Buccaneers.com, and wherever you get podcasts. So plenty to get to from this game. Sunday night football, what a great atmosphere. Uh, We'll do that with the highlights and the interviews here in a few moments. Let me say at the outset, and look, look, I'm not trying to minimize Kansas City's uh, blow that they gave to the Buccaneers and, uh, and the beating really on the defensive side of the ball that they gave the Buccaneers for three hours by saying this. But this is the truth. Sports are trivial at a time like this. And hopefully, uh, for a lot of people in the Tampa Bay area, you do a real reality check that as much as you're down uh, in a sports sense from having the Buccaneers lose, what went on in Fort Myers, Cape Coral, and Southwest Florida is horrific. It is tragic. It is loss of life. It is loss of property, of homes, of damage that will not be repaired and undone in the next few weeks. It probably won't be undone in the next few months. And in some parts of of, uh, Fort Myers Beach and other places right on the coast, they're not going to be rebuilt and, uh, and made whole and corrected for maybe years to come. I, I know with this as the second most powerful storm on record ever in the state of Florida, that the aftermath of Hurricane Andrew from 1992, the most powerful storm ever, ever that, that blew across uh, east to west, across the bottom of the state, it took years for Homestead and for parts of South Florida to get back to some normalcy to get rebuilt. And for a lot of people that were displaced, they moved away, went somewhere else because they had nothing uh, to come back to. Um, again, we were very fortunate in the Tampa Bay area that this thing ducked to the inside, southwest uh, of us, 
and slammed Fort Myers instead of us and slammed through the middle of the state. But this is this is a harrowing time. This is an awful time down there in the middle of the state. And football is way distant second to loss of life, property damage uh, in the in the hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars in southwest Florida and central Florida. And the recovery effort. And we are Florida strong, and that was a big theme last night, and it will be a theme. And the NFL uh, around the country will rally around this state, the state of Florida, with Governor Ron DeSantis, the uh, local officials, uh, the FEMA, the, the Federal Emergency Management Association, they're involved, the Red Cross is involved, the money that's being donated, the millions and millions of dollars that will now have to be pumped through, at least temporarily, to try to help Fort Myers, uh, Charlotte County, et cetera, everywhere, Lee County down south, get back on its feet. That is a huge undertaking. And there are thousands and thousands of volunteers, electrical workers, et cetera, that have descended on that part of the world. And when they are able, with the floodwaters having receded this weekend, when they are able to get in and start trying to restore power and restore some normalcy. And this is another horrible part of this that we're going to find out more Uh, Here in the coming days, uh, there is loss of life, folks. There is significant loss of life that is probably going to end up being in the hundreds from this storm. Uh, That's not an over-exaggeration. There are people that are missing. There are people that are unaccounted for that at this point you're very concerned a few days after Hurricane Ian aren't going to be found alive uh, while they search through rubble, while they search through uh, homes that were destroyed, etc. So... I know as of Sunday night, the loss of life was up over 80 people in the state of Florida, and I hope it's not another single one more than that. But let's be realistic. A Category 4 hurricane direct hit, uh, just awful. And that's uh, and that's very sobering. So again, I share this with you on nothing but bucks. Be, be uh, mindful of the fact this is only a game. And even if the Bucks had won, even if the Buccaneers had won, against Kansas City. I'm telling you, I'm a professional. I've been doing this for 30-plus years. I would have come in saying the exact same things before we got into the highlights and sports. It's trivial. Um, Again, we have excitement. We have thrills from games. They help unite a community. They help energize everybody. You can be from different walks of life, different ages, different races, different religions, uh, different interests in food, in music, in movies, and yet you come together to root for a team to root for your favorite teams. And there was so much hope that this Buccaneer team would get off to a 3-0, 4-0 start when they got the first two road wins at Dallas and New Orleans. It hasn't worked out that way. But you've got 13 games left in your season and a long way to go. And so as much as you're down about that, let's uh, let's just keep it all in perspective that we were very fortunate in Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater, the the immediate uh, Hillsborough, Pinellas, you know, Pasco, counties that are right around here because once you got down to manatee and sarasota county against south sarasota devastated by this storm i mean they're not going to be able uh they don't have electricity they have damage to schools they have damages to hundreds of businesses residents in sarasota county they're they're not going to be back to any kind of normalcy probably for the rest of this month for the month of october dealing with power loss um, and all the all the uh, the battles that the electrical crews are going to have to fight to try to get the power back on and get people restored. And there's storm damage to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of buildings, homes, property, schools, just in Sarasota County. So again, for our brothers and sisters all over the state, we are Florida strong. Keep donating. 
Uh, through Buccaneers.com, you'll find out more. Their social media, through the state agencies, their social media. You're seeing the news. Put the QR code up on the screen. In the modern times of 2022, it makes it so easy to donate your money. Those that are able, donate your time, your ability. Again, there are thousands that are volunteering right now that are not just in our state, but have come from out of the state, in the south, in the southeast, that are volunteering to go find people, get them water, get them flu- uh, 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 food, get them clothes, try to get them working electricity, uh, working internet, something, working cell phone. Again, the things that we all take for granted that you don't have at the moment to have a way to communicate with the outside world, they're there trying to do that. And so, again, your hearts go out on that front. So there we go. That's the backdrop of uh, of what began for the Super Bowl 55 rematch. So much anticipation when the schedule came out that it was going to be Sunday night football. And look, for a while, uh, early last week, the discussion was being had, would this game be moved? If Hurricane Ian was coming close enough and did enough damage, it was going to likely be moved. Uh, and moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota, with the Vikings gone to play the Saints in the London game on Sunday morning in the International Series. The Vikings U.S. Bank Stadium is the alternate location for the Buccaneers to be able to play away from the Gulf South, away from Houston and New Orleans and Atlanta and Jacksonville in the event of hurricanes, etc. So I, I, I and many others were wondering, and we were all grateful, there wasn't damage here. You could play the game. You could play it on Sunday night. So that was the backdrop. The Chiefs came into town off of a loss themselves to the Indianapolis Colts. Bucks off a loss to the Packers. Chiefs off the loss to the Indianapolis Colts last week. But you knew Patrick Mahomes was wanting revenge. Andy Reid's wanting revenge. Steve Spagnolo, the defensive coordinator, They're wanting some payback. Yes, it's the regular season. These teams don't meet that often, usually only once every four years. The quirk is because of the 17th game now that the NFL added, and it's an NFC-AFC game, it worked out with the Bucs finishing first and the Chiefs finishing first in the division they would play in Tampa. So that was the backdrop, and the Buccaneers end up, as we get into the highlights, getting the ball first after the Chiefs won the coin toss and deferring. As you probably know by now, the worst possible scenario, basically, with Rashad White, the rookie running back, fumbling the opening kickoff. Chiefs did a good job of knocking the ball out. And two plays later, before you could even spell Mahomes, the Chiefs were in the end zone on the touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey. We talked so much in the pregame about Kelsey, Pro Bowl, tight end, arguably the best pass-catching tight end, at least now that Gronkowski's retired. Uh, Best pass-catching weapon at tight end in the NFL. So he got in the end zone on the touchdown for the 7-0 lead. And I can tell you from being down on the sideline on Buccaneers Radio, the expressions, uh, you were taken aback. Todd Bowles uh, described it as being flat-footed off the quick change there in that instance. The defense not ready to go as they they were suspecting that the offense would be out there, make something happen, get the crowd jacked up. None of that happened at the beginning of the game. Now the offense did get the ball back, and we saw Tom Brady be able to pick up some first downs. Uh, hitting Cameron Braid, hitting Chris Godwin. They moved the ball into scoring range, but could not get into the red zone with a legitimate chance to score. Instead, here settling for three early on. Field goal attempt will be a 45-yard field goal drive. Far side hash mark. Good spot. Kick airborne. Long enough. Long enough. And it is good. Bucks are on the board. 7-3 score. These are the calls of Mean Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore, Buccaneers Radio, as part of our broadcast. So Ryan Suckup's field goal gets the Buccaneers on the board at 7-3. But really, at this stage of the game, uh, you began to see Patrick Mahomes with his magic, with his feet, 
You saw the the Chiefs successfully running the ball on first down, first and second down for significant gains. I, I don't know how many times the last two weeks this has been uncommon. The Buccaneers' run game has been fantastic run defense under Todd Bowles. But how many times have you seen guys running through the tackles uh, of Devin White, of Levante David, of defensive linemen, of even, even the safeties coming up trying to pop somebody? We saw over and over again Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the little scat back uh, Pacheco, get three yards, five yards after contact. That is very uncommon against a Buccaneer defense. So they ran it well. Mahomes is completing passes, and eventually they get right back in the end zone on drive number two right here. Five first downs on this series, third down of the foot from the Buccaneer three-yard line. Mahomes hands the ball off. Edwards-Hilaire runs to the right. Buccaneers trying to stop him. Chiefs fighting. Did he get in? He did. Touchdown, Kansas City. And the Kansas City Chiefs have had the ball twice and have scored two touchdowns here in the first quarter, 4-0-1 left, and they lead 13-3. Edwards-Hilaire's touchdown makes the game 14-3, and not unlike last week's game with Green Bay, two possessions, two touchdowns, and the Bucs find themselves behind. Uh, in this one, but uh, again, Kansas City was dialed in at the beginning of this game, maybe more so than the Buccaneers were, but eventually the Bucs would start to find some rhythm. It would just come much later uh, when things were already behind, and Mahomes again is scrambling. Mahomes is finding Kelsey over the middle. He's finding Mecole Hardman. Again, I cannot emphasize enough at field level, they were winning at the line of scrimmage. They were against the Buccaneers' front four, against uh, the, the Todd Bowl 3-4 defense, against the front seven. They're pushing people back. They're pushing piles. They're getting six, seven yards a clip running the football. And that would lead to this in the second quarter, a play that happened right in front of me on the sideline, as you'll hear Gene call it, with Patrick Mahomes ever dangerous when he escapes the pocket, and he did here in a goal-to-go situation. Offset eye formation, handoff to play action fake by Mahomes under pressure, avoids a sack of the back, runs toward the corner, pylon, spins off a tackle. He is going, he thumbs it ahead, touchdown. Kansas City Chief Edward Zelaire makes the catch. How about that Ed live by Patrick Mahomes? A Houdini move. No. Avoided a sack, ran to the line of scrimmage, and just he threw it underhand. Back. He threw it underhand. Incredible play. I will say again here on Nothing But Bucks what I've said a couple of other places on doing interviews as we come in on this Monday after the game. I have been down on that sideline for 18 seasons now as part of Buccaneers Radio with Mean Gene and Dave Moore uh, on the calls for most of it. Gene, obviously, our Hall of Fame voice has been there since the late 1980s. I have not seen a play like that up close in front of me where he could have been sacked, tackled, clobbered, could have run out of bounds, and then suddenly does the spin, did Mahomes. And it's almost extraterrestrial. I mean, it is just a special player with God-given talent that he sees Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And, okay, I'll just do the underhanded little option flick right to him. Perfect touch. Uh, Folks, I think it's easy to say. I know Lamar Jackson is talented. You've got players like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. And, obviously, Tom Brady is not nearly as athletic running around like Mahomes. There's not another quarterback in the NFL, even Lamar, that makes that play. I mean, I know you can look at Justin Herbert. You can look at Josh Allen. They don't have... Uh, Allen is very talented. Herbert is very, very talented but healthy. But that that was just God-given, instinctive. Uh, it almost as if it's like Wayne Gretzky. It, it's like uh, Michael Jordan or, or LeBron in the present day. Always seemingly a couple of steps ahead, a couple of moves ahead with what they're able to do. 
Um, and it's just, it's uh, it was something to watch right in front of me. They were coming right at me. I was inside the five-yard line. Mahomes is running my way. I saw William Golston flashing. I saw Devin White racing over towards me. So I did the self-preservation thing, which is back up three or four steps before you get clobbered by 1,500 pounds of football players coming barreling into you. But he did that pirouette right in front of me. I was 15 feet away from it, dead on from it, and flipped the ball in the end zone. And, and you just have to say, amazing. Amazing player. He was locked in. He was on. Uh, and give the Buccaneers, uh, you know, give, give the Chiefs credit for the job they did at the beginning of this game, going up 21-3. to All right, so finally some Buccaneer offense with some highlights here on Nothing But Bucks. And Tom Brady would eventually get going to his favorite target, Mike Evans, off suspension, off the one-game suspension with the Saints for being thrown out for arguing and fighting with Marshawn Lattimore and then suspending for the uh, suspended for the second time in his career. Mike was back, and Brady was looking for him down the field. Mike Evans on the left slot, dropping Brady. Brady throws down the middle. Caught ball. Mike Evans hangs on to the 35-yard line. His first catch, his first target. He's the all-time Buccaneer. Yards from scrimmage leader just went by. James Wilder needed seven. He got a lot more than that. And Mike Evans with that catch now has the franchise record for most yards from scrimmage. Uh, elite. Elite. And you're going to hear that again here in the highlights in, in just a second uh, as the former first-round pick has just been dominant. I mean, it's easy to say right now that's a, that is a Hall of Fame caliber player that you grabbed in 2014, and he continues to make the plays, including Tom Brady finding him uh, here for this touchdown over the middle. Shotgun look with Gage in motion out of the backfield. Brady takes the snap belt high, looks over the middle. Caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay. Touchdown Buccaneers, Mike Evans. Fire the cannons. Mean Gene Deckerhoff with the call as Mike Evans got popped again on both of those plays on that drive. And you're finally back in the end zone and you settled some things down at 21 to 10 in the first half with a ton of time left uh, here in the game. And then finally, the Buccaneer defense, unable to stop the Chiefs. This has been a common theme, a negative theme. You're going to hear uh, more about this in the postgame aftermath when we talk with Anthony Nelson off the defense from Buccaneers uh, Hooters postgame, Buccaneers radio postgame coverage. Todd Bowles saying the same thing. Couldn't get off the field on third down over and over again. You finally get a third down stop, and here you get a fourth down stop as well. Mahomes awaits the snap with a shotgun. He may throw on fourth down of the yard. He will. Looking to his right. Dumps the ball off wide. Oh, that's incomplete pass. Through the hands of Edwards here. My goodness, the Bucs get lucky. They got lucky because wow. he's wide open. And you can see Travis Kelsey just kind of setting a natural pick like you would do in a basketball game. And somebody got caught out of position. Edwards Alaire was wide open and probably would have scored a touchdown. It's a big break for the Bucs. Now they need to take advantage. So the Chiefs really were playing with house money up 21-10, but they don't get it on fourth down, and now you maybe have some life. You have the ball 21-10. You've got a lot of time left in the second quarter to go get a touchdown, get right back in the game. But right away, the Buccaneers really not running the ball, didn't, didn't have the protection set up to the right, and disaster here on this pass play. First down, moving left, Brady in the gun, blitz coming, gets the pass, he's going to be sacked, fumble the football, it's loose, scooped up at the 20-yard line, Kansas City forces the second turnover of the game. They've got the football on the Buccaneer 20-yard line, point blank range for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City offense who lead 21-10. Chris Jones comes up with a loose football. Yeah, it's a blindside hit of Brady, a fumbled ball, the Chiefs jump on it. 
Uh, again, give credit to Steve Spagnola and uh, Spagnolo and the and the Chiefs defense. They've got a better secondary right now. They were ready. They were ready in this game. Revenge. Say whatever you want about Super Bowl Fifty Five. And you were very concerned watching Brady come off the field, shaking that right arm, shaking that right shoulder. I I have said this for the last couple of years. How long does he hold up physically? How long does the shoulder hold up, the elbow hold up at 45? Taking hits like that, it's not going to be long. The NFL is not for long. Not for long if you can't protect him because he is not mobile at 45 years of age taking hits like that. And it didn't take the Chiefs long to get right back in the end zone. They lined up here on the goal line. Uh, Brady moved them into position. Uh, with a couple of plays, or actually Mahomes moved him in position with a couple of plays, and then here a little trickery on the goal line. Here's the direct snap to a tight end, and they get it in for a touchdown, Kansas City. How about that? Noah Gray comes in motion, just stopped behind the center, and they ran the quarterback sneak. Yeah, how about tight end Noah Gray coming in motion then lining up under the center while Mahomes is in the shotgun behind him? Again, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, and Mahomes, they are locked in, especially with the goal-to-go stuff, the red zone stuff, all the variations, the things they work on, very well coached, very well prepared. And you didn't feel at, at that moment ton of time, whole second half to go, but uh, it was very demoralizing at that point at 28-10. Can you stop these guys? But look, Tom Brady comes back. He responds, gets a couple of big completions uh, down the field again. They move into scoring range, and again, it's Brady to Mike Evans. Shotgun look with Fournette on the right hip of Brady. Three receivers to the right now in motion. Julio Jones to the left edge. Play action fake Brady, throws toward the end zone. Caught ball as he inbounds. It's a touchdown, Tampa Bay. Mike Evans has a pair. What a great grab by Evans. Fire the cannons, buck score. A touchdown late. That is 78 career touchdown catches for Mike Evans. Just continues to obliterate the record. Will probably have the record by 50 or more by the time his career is all said and done, maybe even more than that. Hall of Fame resume for him. And again, the game 28-17 as the Bucs score in the two-minute drill in the final half minute there, working the ball around uh, in the no huddle. So again, you, I just, I've done this for such a long time. We're talking about it on the air and off the air. There's, there's a whole second half to play. And you're, you knew the Chiefs were getting the ball to start the second half, but you knew you've got a whole half to play with Brady. Get him checked out, make sure he's healthy, and then see what you can do in the second half. Uh, unfortunately, the Chiefs just had too much for the Buccaneers even out uh, of the locker room. Actually, um, give credit where it's due to to Kansas City. They take the opening drive. They move the ball down the field. Again, Mahomes completes a couple of pl- passes. They're running the ball with uh, Edwards Alaire. They're running the ball with Pacheco, the rookie. Uh, kind of a scat back um, and and mixed, in, and mixed it up uh, with the run and the pass. They get into field goal range and kick the field goal for 31-17. And then the Buccaneers not able to do anything on offense on their opening drive. And that was disappointing because you were trying to make something happen out of the locker room, could not do it. And so you're almost uh, at this point... Uh, here uh, asking for it. You're asking for it from a Chiefs team that's got such a powerful offense. If you can't match them touchdown for touchdown. And and look, uh, let me just say this here during the highlights. You did such a great job of locking down the Cowboys, locking down Jameis Winston and the Saints where they couldn't score. You locked down, to use that word again, uh, Rodgers and the Packers in the second half without a point. You just can't go into the second half of games against elite teams, high caliber teams, and say we're going to shut them out. We're, we're going to keep them from scoring at all, even at home. It's tough to do that. 
and you saw it again uh, there last night. Uh, all right, so the game 31-17. The Chiefs actually have the ball back, and the Buccaneer pass rush finally starting to get home here at this stage, including this play. First down and goal from the five-yard line. Again, the shotgun look, and Mahomes looking left, looking left out. Under he sacked, snagged on the 11-yard line. Second sack of the game. That time it was Anthony Nelson that got to him. You'll hear more from Anthony Nelson in our Hooters postgame coverage right here on Nothing But Bucks in a little bit. He got that sack. They were able to get to him some, not nearly enough, and not nearly enough before the damage uh, was clearly done. And uh, here it is again. Mahomes drives the Chiefs back into scoring range and finds the end zone yet again. Kelsey is in the slot to the left. Mahomes awaits the snap of the shotgun. Second down goal from the 10. Mahomes looking right, fires a pass, caught by Fortson. Touchdown, Kansas City Chiefs. He was the flex tight end wide to the right. We pointed him out. The Bucs could not defend the big tight end from Valdosta. Spreading it around everywhere. Fortson makes that touchdown catch 38-17. But the end result here is the Bucs kept fighting. They weren't going anywhere. They moved the ball kind of in the no huddle. They're able to find a couple of guys. They're able to find... Uh, Rashad White out of the backfield. You find Chris Godwin over the middle. You even found Keefe, the rookie tight end, down the right sideline. It eventually leads to this, a history of, of what we hope will be many to come for Rashad White on the goal line. Third down and goal from the one. Here's the snap, handoff, and running to the right. Hurtling over the line is Rashad White. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Fire the cannons, Buck score. A touchdown on the ground for the first time this year. Up and over indeed for the touchdown. White from a yard out. Cuts the lead 38-24. you still got the whole fourth quarter left in this game. But the end result is Kansas City gets back down the field. And eventually uh, Matthew Wright kicks another field goal. Drive stalls at 41-24. Uh, Buccaneers can't get much else going again on offense. But finally got a takeaway here late in the game. The setback. On the left tip of Mahomes, dropping to throw deep, looks to his left, now looking back downfield, slings it downfield, hits it, intercepted, picked off at the 35, to the 40, to the 45, uh, it's Sean Murphy punting inside the 50 to the 45-yard line. He's still running with the football, down the sideline and out of bounds, inside the 35-yard line. Welcome back, SMB. Good on Sean Murphy bunting to step in front there on the third down. Kind of interesting that, that Mahomes would risk that because you're giving the Bucks life with all of their timeouts left. And sure enough, after the interception, Brady is able to cash it in uh, here in the fourth quarter. Still some time left on the clock as he cashes in here to Leonard Fournette. First down goal from the five. Brady throws a dart caught ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. A dart thrown to Leonard Fournette. The big running back hangs onto it and rolls over the goal line. Fire the cannons and the Bucks. Get seven points or six points off the takeaway by Sean Murphy Bunting. First touchdown of the season for Fournette, and that combo has been so good, Brady to Fournette, over the last couple of years. Uh, so the game 41-31, you still had all your timeouts. You had the two-minute warning, but Kansas City able to get some first downs, able to basically burn the clock and end things with a 41-31 victory in this one, which again, has more to do with what they did well and what the Buccaneers did not do well enough defensively. And as we take a look at those final numbers, Mahomes, 23 of 37, 
249 yards. He didn't throw for a ton of yards, didn't have to, but did have the three touchdowns, the one late interception uh, in this one. The real key, 188 yards on the ground between Edwards Alaire, Pacheco, and also Patrick Mahomes running, and he ran for a couple of first downs. Uh, the, the Chiefs converted on 10 of their first 11 third downs in the game. You just you can't have that. Too good, too easy, and Kansas City gets some measure of revenge coming into Raymond James Stadium and spoiling Sunday night football for the Buccaneers. Great performance by them to improve to 3-1. Tough loss for the Buccaneers, and when it was over, we went inside that Buccaneer locker room. First on defense, Anthony Nelson, the defensive end out of Iowa, uh, now a veteran on this team, the tallest Buccaneer at six foot seven. Uh, let's hear from him about what the Chiefs uh, were able to do on Sunday night and more. All right, so let's start at the beginning. Patrick Mahomes is one of the best players in this league. What was he doing well all night? What were we not doing well enough on the defensive side of the ball? Man, he was just operating on time. They were able to run the ball. Um, it's just tough to play them when, when you let them run the ball like that. And uh, we, we just weren't doing enough. We, we obviously let up 41. That's way too many. Um, you know, he's a great player, and you saw that. But uh, we got to do a better job of, of uh, making it harder for him. Uh, it, was, it looked too easy out there for him, and, uh, you know, we got we to gotta step it up. They ran the ball for almost 200 yards. I mean, with all the big plays by Mahomes throwing it, their ability to run the ball was also critical, was it not? Absolutely. I mean, we didn't do a good enough job. Like I said, man, that's how you give up 41 points. It's not a good performance. Um, we got a lot of work to do. It's a long season, but we got to get back to uh, back to practice and, and, and clean some things up. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I, I know this group of guys are going to bounce back. So that's what that's all I can say about it. Not making excuses, but you had to go across the state and practice for three or four days. You'll have some normalcy this week before Atlanta comes in here, right? Yeah, that's not an excuse. So that's a, I'm not going to really talk about that. I don't really want to talk about that. Fair enough on that. Thank you, Anthony. Yep. Thank you, guys. Too much running of the ball, too much scoring, especially early uh, in this game when it became 21-3. to And the Chiefs deserve a lot of credit. The Buccaneers do have to refocus. And you heard Anthony Nelson saying they're not going to make excuses about being displaced for the hurricane, etc. Uh, just a great job with Kansas City on point with the weapons they have as they get it done. Uh, as we continued on our Hooters postgame show, the rookie, Rashad White. I know he had the opening fumble at the beginning of the game, but we chose to dwell on some of the positives from this one for the young man out of Arizona State who has a very bright future here in Tampa Bay. Uh, let's hear from him. 41-31 is our final here, and Rashad White is gracious to be here with us after this is over with. All right, so the team fell behind in the first half. What did you guys do well starting in the second quarter to get back on track and at least get some points on the board, Rashad? Uh, honestly, we just kind of tried to get in the groove. I felt like uh, we just kept fighting, and uh, we all got on the same page. Uh, when our offense, we feel like is on the same page, and everybody got the same communication and same dialogue, then we that's when we hit on all cylinders. So um, we just came together. We understand this football, um, and obviously we don't want to be down. We've been down lately a lot. We've been preaching that, but uh, second half we just made sure we came out fighting, and that's what we did. Describe your touchdown you got in the end zone for the first time in your career, kind of up and over on that play. Describe it if you would. Um, uh, we was going to go a different play. Um, we end up, uh, TB, Tom, end up scratching it and saying, no, we're going to go this, handoff. And uh, all I was looking is just getting in there. So my line did a great job of getting off the ball. And uh, I just followed him in and uh, made sure I got in there because I knew we needed a touchdown and, and things like that. So. 
You did have a full complement of receivers. You had Donovan Smith back, and this offense obviously showed what it's capable of, right? Real quick. Uh, yes, uh, it was great to have everybody back. Um, you know, been not, not healthy and things like that. And you, ha you got Donovan. We know what everybody means to this team, uh, especially receivers Mike and CG and Donovan and all that, uh, the stars. So it was great to have them back, and uh, we're just going to keep going for it. Rashad White finishing five catches, 50 yards in the game. Again, the Bucks not able to run the ball. White had the touchdown run, only six carries in the game, and that's something they've got to take a strong look at, especially I realize once you're behind 21-3, to it changes the game plan, but you've got to have some run balance, uh, especially in the first half of games, get to more than five or six carries uh, with that. It's just um, it's not enough. It's not good enough. Uh, with with Fournette and and White, and I know there's questions about the run blocking, uh, etc. Look, this team, uh, Ali Marpet, a Pro Bowl guard, um, it, it retires. Alex Kappa gone as a big free agent signee of the Cincinnati Bengals. You do have to replace those two guys, and it's incumbent here on Shaq Mason and now the rookie Luke Gedicky to be able to shore things up at the guard position to get back to run blocking. And uh, the guy that we're here, we're going to hear from in just a second is part of that interior line, too, because he's new at center, Robert Hainsey. We'll hear from him in a second. But they're still trying to figure things out together. Mesh together, didn't play a lot in the preseason. And you got to take advantage of some run opportunities. You ran it well in Dallas. Uh, you didn't have to run it very well to beat the Saints. But the last two weeks, you've not run it nearly good enough. Uh, you, you haven't been able to keep the other team off balance and on their toes and on their, you know, backing up on their heels with the run game and the play action off of it. Uh, credit Kansas City a lot for that, too. They were very physical up front on the on the front seven. They were physical on both sides of the ball. They just, and you'll hear it from Todd Bowles, they were better in every aspect of this game Sunday, and that's why the scoreboard reflects 41-31. Speaking of Robert Hainsey, the second-year player out of, out of Notre Dame, thrust into the starting role at center. Uh, we spoke with him on the Hooters postgame show after this defeat. 41-31 is our final here tonight as the Chiefs have won it. Robert Hainsey stands here with us after this is over with. Okay, to the positive, when you got things rolling on offense, what was clicking out there as you guys got back in the game in the second quarter and in the second half? Yeah, just communicating, making sure everyone's on the same page. Guys are making plays uh, up front. I can speak to that. You know, we're just trying to communicate, make sure we know who we're going to and protect Tom at all costs. Uh, I thought we did... We did well with that. You know, always got to clean up the mistakes, and you hate to leave here with a loss. But that's one thing that we can focus on going forward is, you know, just oh, it's always going to be communication, always going to be making sure that everyone's seeing everything through one set of eyes. It's obvious, but with Mike Evans out there, with Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, with Donovan Smith back, this is a different offense with those guys. Tell me more about their impact and what it meant as you began to put points on the board. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can't replace those guys. Those, those are three unbelievable players. But even, you know, Byron's coach, Coach Leftwich, Byron's message to us uh, at the beginning of the week was after last week, you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter who's in the huddle. It always comes down to everyone doing their job. And that's what we got to do no matter who's out there. When you got those Hall of Famers and when you have when they're not out there either, as, as long as everyone does their job, we're going to put ourselves in a position to win. Shoot ourselves in the foot, can't have those penalties, things like that are what's going to keep us from winning. You have obviously been thrust into the starting role here for these first four games. What has that been like? What has it been like getting adjusted to all of this, the position, uh, and developing now through these first four games? 
Yeah, certainly it was an adjustment, but I came back. Uh, I came back to training camp prepared to be a starter, prepared to be a guy. I didn't know where it was going to be, but that's where I, that was what my mindset. So, uh, you know, I still feel feel for Ryan. I've been in that position too, and I hate still hate to see that. But he's been a great resource in helping me uh, advance myself and develop. Like you said, there's no substitute for playing live action, live bullets football. So going out there these last four games, you know, you can tell things are different. You're preparing in a way that you that you know is going to benefit you when you get out there on Sundays. Finally, you just got to regroup here from this on a tough loss with a division opponent coming in, right? No doubt. Go tomorrow, watch film, probably watch the film tonight and correct the mistakes. Start looking forward to the next week and move on. But I always say uh, can't make the same mistake twice. So we have to dig in this film hard, see what's going on, and figure out what we need to do to move forward and come out with a win next week. We thank all of these guys after losses for being willing to hang in there and talk with us. Again, we're, we're back at uh, regular normal protocols to be in the locker room after games. Not easy in there. There's a lot of silence in there last night. Uh, as you can imagine. Uh, but, you know, the Buccaneer offense did kick into gears. We were talking about there with Robert. Found some things with Mike Evans. Uh, again, the difference of having Evans and Godwin and Julio Jones, and as we do this podcast on Monday, I don't know what Julio's status is. He didn't play very much in the second half. I know on the long throw from Brady in the third quarter, he was not really going all out. I don't know if the knee is acting up again. I'm not making excuses for him. But, again, as a veteran player, he's had problems staying healthy the last couple of years and clearly has not provided the impact in the first four games that you were looking for, hasn't been healthy and out on the field. But when you have Evans, when you have Godwin, when when you've got those weapons, it makes other people better. It gives them better opportunities. Uh, Whether you're talking about Russell Gage or Cameron Braid or whether you're talking about uh, Cole Beasley underneath or Fournette out of the backfield, having those elite players, and you heard Robert talking about having Donovan Smith back at left tackle, this this is the Buccaneers coming back to being the playoff you know, NFC South champion playoff Buccaneers, for the most part, with starters on offense. So, tough defeat at the hands of the Chiefs, and the head coach joined us for his thoughts. He did not hold back uh, with us here or to the media about uh, the blame and about what went wrong against Kansas City. It was quite the battle uh, tonight, Coach. Uh, what are your thoughts immediately after it's over? I think we have a lot of work to do. Um we scored some points. We did not play well defensively at all. So everything we did up until this point and the season has been lost. We're going to go back to basics and we're going to start over. But, you know, we didn't coach it well. We didn't play it well. And we got our butts handed to us. Patrick Mahomes is obviously one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. What was he doing so well, especially in the first half? Well, he did a good job of having quick releases, getting rid of the ball. Um, we just, you know, Patrick's going to be great. You're never going to stop him. You want to try to slow him down as best you can. I don't think we slowed him down at all. I think a lot of that had to do with they were able to run the ball on us. All right, you did get your offense into gear, obviously, as the uh, first half unfolded. What was clicking for Tom Brady, in particular Mike Evans, involved big in that first half, but what was going well overall? Well, the chemistry was there. You know, if we gave him time to throw, he found a guy to throw to. I think defensively, we didn't get off the field enough to help the offense out and give them the ball as many times as they needed. In the second half, you were able to get a stop early on with a field goal, but then you could not really get any closer than that. Just take me through the second half and trying to battle uphill, it seemed like, for much of the second half, if you would. I thought we did a poor job tackling. I thought we did a poor job in the run game. I thought we did a poor job coaching it, and they did a poor job of playing it. So we got to get better all the way around. 
Uh, we saw uh, Carlton Davis leave the game with what we were told was a stinger. Do we have any update on him immediately after it's over with here? Not at this time. It is a stinger. I want to see how bad it is or not. We saw Sean Murphy Bunting come in and get his first significant action uh, of the regular season here. He ended up getting an interception. Uh, and that was a momentum play here at the end of this game that could have maybe helped you in a comeback attempt, right? No, Sean was ready. He's been practicing hard. He's been waiting on his time to play. We know he's going to help us a lot this year. And he came in and showed he was ready and played well. Again, as I said out there a second ago to Anthony Nelson, I'm not making excuses here. You were displaced. You practiced somewhere else. You came back. You will go back to some normalcy now with a division opponent coming in. Can you just speak more to the normalcy a little bit uh, this upcoming week? No, football is normal, period, no matter where you go, whether it was Miami or whether we stayed in Tampa. We got to be prepared to play at all times, and we don't have any excuses for the way we played tonight. And look, the coach is not making the excuse. I'm just bringing it up again just as I talk with Anthony Nelson about it. They were displaced, and it was not a normal week with the hurricane bearing down, and you've got your families, and you've evacuated the area, and you've tried to get some peace of mind, and then you're, you're in South Florida four hours away by car, a couple hundred miles away diagonally. Uh, from the Tampa Bay area, 250, 300 miles, whatever it is diagonally as the crow flies. Now you got to come back to the Tampa Bay area, regroup, refocus on Friday, Saturday to get ready for the game. So the routine was disrupted. You'll have some normalcy this week for the Atlanta game, and let's hope they can lock back in uh, off of that normalcy. Here's the quarterback. Had that had that uh, incident with the shoulder. Blasted in the first half, came back, threw the ball well. I was there at field level. There was still zing on the ball, able to get the ball down the field. Here was Tom Brady on all things, including what the Chiefs were able to do in the revenge mode and having to refocus for this team and get ready for the Falcons next week. Your, your shoulder feeling all right? It looked like after that one sack you were throwing yeah. the ball a lot on the sideline. And... I'm great. It's football. Three games where this team's offense was struggling, and obviously that side came together, but the defense struggled. How frustrating is it to have one side kind of find itself while the other struggles? Well, it's a team sport, so, um, you know, we didn't play great on offense. We didn't help them very much either, so uh, we didn't do great in the first half. Um, too many missed opportunities on third down, turnovers. Um, so, tough game, tough team. You know, they're a good team, but, you know, we got to play a lot better if we want to be good teams. So, it hasn't been our best yet this year. It'd be good to see what it looks like when we do play our best. I don't think so. Yeah, we just didn't play great. And uh, give them a lot of credit. They made a lot of good plays. Patrick played great. They ran the ball great. Um, they did well on third down in the red area. You know, won the turnover battle, time of possession. You know, because we didn't do much on offense, we left our defense out there. It's a tough defense, you know, tough on our defense to, you know, let an offense have that kind of time of possession. So, you know, we all got to get back to work and do a better job. Russell Gage told us about how you spent a lot of time with him getting mental reps when you couldn't get the physical reps. But how difficult is it when a lot of your guys can't get those physical reps during the week? I think every team deals with it, you know, and I think whoever deals with the be the best is the one that over the course of the season does the best job. So, you know, you're not going to practice every day. It's, you know, some days you can make one day a week and two, some, guy, some days three, and you just got to keep building, you know. But um, we just haven't, you know, done a great job this year putting it all together. Difficult to kind of be your normal selves on offense when you get into a hole early like that and, and you're not able to run the ball very much. But did it start to feel like you were finding your rhythm a little bit offensively? I mean, you guys did find the end zone several times tonight. Um, I mean, I think a little bit better than the way we've been playing, but obviously not good enough. 
So we're here for one reason, not to, you know, move the ball or anything like that. We're here to score more points than the other team. And, and uh, you know, they, they did a good job. They didn't turn it over. Uh, they had one turnover. You know, they ran the ball well. You know, we just we didn't do a great job in the run game. Uh, could have done a lot better job in the pass game. And, uh, you know, we just got to get out there and get to work and see if we can do a better job. Tom, I know you're playing from behind these last couple of games, but from what you see, why have you all struggled to get things going on the ground just from what you've seen? You know, we got to take a look. You know, it's, I'm sure it's not just one thing. I'm sure it's probably several things. And, um, you know, we just got to take the time to evaluate it and, um, you know, see if we can do a better job. You know, obviously we've got to, we, you know, we're not going to throw it all the, all the time. You know, we have plenty of good, capable runners and, you know, a, a line that does a great job in the run game. We just haven't, you know, kind of found our rhythm yet there. Um, you often say that this is the this first month of the season is where you find your identity as an offense. Do you feel like you guys have found your identity or are you still searching for it? I think we're, uh, you know, we're going to have to show up every day to work hard to try to be better than the previous week. So it doesn't matter what we did last year, year before that, year before that, year before that. No one really cares. You know, it's what you do this week for this preparation for this game. And, um, you know, when you come up short, you know, obviously we didn't do a great job in, in any area. And, uh, you know, we have to do a better job. Tom, what can you build on offensively from this game? Uh, you know, obviously when, when, you know, we're throwing and catching the ball well, you know, we're able to move the ball and we're able to get the ball in the end zone. So that's going to pay dividends down the road. We just got to get out there and, and uh, you know, keep practicing it. You said Rashad White. Rashad White came in and had some you know, pivotal catches, had the touchdown. Yep. How, what have you seen out his growth and his uh, extended time? Did a good job. You know, he did a good job. He's going to have to keep doing a good job. I mean, we, we only had three backs active. Lenny plays a big role, has played a big role the last three weeks. So it's good to, you know, not have so much on his plate all the time. We need other people to step into that role and help out. Patrick Mahomes talked about, like, when you, you know, when you were waiting in the in the locker room for him, the, I guess this was the first time you guys talked, and how, just how much that meant to have encouragement from you. You know, he was on the losing side of that. Um, can you just speak to what it's like being able to go toe to toe with a guy like that? Maybe even what you said to him after the game. Yeah, I like Patrick a lot. Had a chance to be around him a little bit, and um, obviously think he's a great player. He's doing a great job for that team, and um, he's got a great career ahead of him. So I'm always here to help anybody that I can. You know, anyone who is looking for advice and you know I've certainly seen a lot in the game and I'm always happy to pass on information to others to hopefully see those guys maximize their potential like I've been very fortunate to maximize mine I've had a lot of mentors in my life that played a very important role in helping me be the best I could be too so the least I could do is give it back uh, to you know all the other people that are looking for uh, you know success in their field so I've been very lucky to you know certainly not me, it takes a lot of people to support all of us, and you know I really watch, love watching Patrick play, and um, you know does a great job for that team. And unfortunately, we're on the on the wrong end of it tonight. Again, Tom Brady talking with the media after this one was done. Forty-one, thirty-one, the final. Edwards Alaire carried it nineteen times, ninety-two yards. He and Pacheco thirty carries, hundred and fifty-five yards, over five yards a clip just from them. Mahomes had thirty-four yards rushing as well on four carries as a scrambling quarterback. Uh, that is something that the Bucks have got to be better at, including a scrambling quarterback, Marcus Mariota, coming up this week. Uh, got to tighten that up. 
Over on the offensive side of the ball for some of the numbers, again, you just heard from Tom Brady with the media. 39 of 52. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, did lose the sack fumble. This is only the fifth time, five, in 130 times of scoring 31 points in a game. 130 times with New England and Tampa Bay. 31 or more in a game, only five losses. You don't expect it, but it just shows you what Kansas City was able to do to the Buck defense. And again, let's not revise history. The defense was fantastic in the first two games while the offense struggled. The defense was good in the second half of the Green Bay game, giving you the chance to win. The defense was not good against Kansas City, but I'm going to choose to look at that as more of the Chiefs and more of an aberration. Lock yourself back in. Again, get back to tackling like Todd Bowles was talking about. Fundamentally, do not let running backs after contact get three more yards, five more yards, six more yards on carries. That's not the buck run defense that we know. With Vita Vea up front, I know Akeem Hicks is injured, but you've got Golston, you've got Nacho, Rakeem Nunez-Roches, you've got Logan Hall, the rookie. You need more from Shaq Barrett and Joe Tryon, Shoyenka, Anthony Nelson, Carl Nassib and company. Front seven, though, Devin White, uh, along with Levante David, everybody up front. Uh, you've got to be ready to go in the run game against the Falcons and moving forward against the Steelers and the, and the Panthers and get some of these things corrected. Uh, Mike Evans gets another 100-yard game with the eight catches for 103 and the two touchdowns. He's back in a big way. We didn't have it in the highlights, but Cameron Braid and Cade Otten combined for seven catches and 61 yards in the game. Again, you've got so many weapons on this team. Let's hope that Julio Jones, the one catch for seven yards, can get healthier. Chris Godwin, seven for 59 in the game. Again, only six carries, three yards. That's not good enough, and the Bucs know that. They have to get better. Uh, coming up and doing that soon. Uh, so a couple of more things on takeaways from this game. I actually, I am coming from a, a positive point of view on nothing but Bucks in the recap mode. Remember at the end of the 2020 season when Kansas City came in here and wiped this team out with Tyreek Hill getting 200 yards receiving in the first half and everybody looked at the, at the blowout loss uh, to New Orleans. They looked at that loss to Kansas City. You went into the bye week at seven and five and everybody's going, this team's not going anywhere. This team's done. This team is not going to win the division, which it didn't. This, te- this team's not going to get it done in Brady's first year. What did they do? They went and regrouped during the bye week, came out, and won four games in a row. Rattled off four straight wins and then never looked back, winning road game after road game after road game in the postseason. I know that it was different in the COVID crazy year with no fans, but they still count, folks. They all count as wins. All the way through the Super Bowl win. Eight straight victories. I don't know if this team's about to run off eight straight wins. Let's win one in a row first in the game coming up with the Atlanta Falcons. But I'm fine with everybody saying, poor Bucks. What's up with the Bucks? Two and two Bucks, uh, struggling Bucks. I'm fine with that because this team has been resilient before, come out refocused, and I believe they will be refocused against Atlanta. Get right back on track. And you're, you're playing a Falcon team that is not nearly as good defensively as Kansas City or Green Bay. You're playing a Pittsburgh team that looked bad on defense for a lot of that game with the Jets. Mike Tomlin's known for his D. They're like 30th or 31st right now in defense. The Carolina Panthers have the worst statistical defense in the NFC, and I think it may be 32nd in the NFL. They got beat at home. So both the Steelers and the Panthers got beat at home this weekend. Steelers by the Jets, Panthers by Arizona. You have got a chance, my point is, to have some real success against those teams offensively. And if the defense just plays good football, good fundamental run-stopping football, get after the quarterback, you've got a great chance 
in these three games to at least be 2-1, and one, if not 3-0, and oh, and then your season's right back on track. What does this team look like at the end of October? Are we still talking about a Midland 3-3, three 4-4 and three, four and four team? Or do you kick it into gear here against some lesser competition? This is a very this is as tough a schedule as anybody has had. I'm not making excuses. I am spewing facts. To begin the year at Dallas at New Orleans, Dallas a playoff team a year ago. New Orleans a winning record a year ago. Green Bay, playoff team, division winner a year ago. Kansas City in the AFC Championship game, division winner a year ago. Show me somebody else's schedule that had four teams like that at the beginning. First two on the road. So you come out of it two and two. You're now ready to regroup. We get ready for the Bucs and the Falcons coming on Sunday. Atlanta off a win over the Cleveland Browns. So the Falcons now have won back-to-back games in Seattle and at home with Cleveland. And really, you look at their first game, shoulda, coulda, woulda. They're leading New Orleans by 15 points in the second half and don't hold the lead against Jameis and the comeback machine, or else the Falcons could be 3-1. and one. But defensively, Atlanta not very good. There's going to be opportunity for Brady, for Mike Evans, for Godwin, get everybody back there healthy, run the ball some with Fournette, Rashad White. Let's see if the Bucs can't get it going at home here in the third of three home games Sunday. We're on the air at noon on Buccaneers Radio. Uh, Gene and Dave will have the call at one here for the NFC South rival. You've won four straight games against Atlanta with Tom Brady at the helm. Let's make it five for this game coming up and starting a stretch again of games against the Falcons, the Steelers, and the Panthers, none of whom have winning records at the moment and all seem to have vulnerability on defense. Let's see if the Buccaneers can get it cranked back up. For now, though, Kansas City gets to celebrate a regular season win and enjoy it for another day or so. 41-31. Give the Chiefs credit for what they were able to do. Buccaneers have some retooling to do on the practice field, especially on defense, tightening up the tackling as we keep talking about on the podcast, and we'll see if they can do that. My thanks to Jason Berenger helping me with the highlights. Uh, and the post-game interviews from iHeartMedia. Jeff Ryan's our director of broadcasting. However you found this show, we're here day after games with a full recap with the highlights from Buccaneers Radio, our Hooters post-game show interviews, and much more inside analysis, other interviews as well. It's all part of the Nothing But Bucks podcast, Buccaneers mobile app, Buccaneers.com, on the SiriusXM Buccaneers channel. Uh, and the SiriusXM app. Glad you found us. However you did so, social media link. Make sure you're subscribing on the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, to Nothing But Bucks. We're here the day after games. We'll be here Monday after the Falcon game. Hopefully we're talking about an impressive win, a big win. Get back on track in the NFC South. It's a battle for first place. With the uh, the Falcons at 2-2, two and two, the Bucks at 2-2. Two and two. We try to get a leg up here on Atlanta with a win at home in the first of two meetings against the Dirty Birds. We'll see what happens. We're on the air at noon with the pregame coverage. One o'clock is kick time from Raymond James Stadium this coming Sunday. We'll come back after it's over with, as always, with another edition of Nothing But Bucks. I'm TJ Reeves. Thank you for finding me. As always, tough after a loss. As always, we say go Bucks, And we look forward to talking with you in the recap mode again next week on Nothing But Bucks.